0: And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And I just about did it from memory out of the King James Version. (laughs) Sorry, guys. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. And on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
1: Thanks, Karma. Well, again, um, what a privilege it is to be here tonight and to remember and to celebrate together this amazing story of, of God, of heaven touching earth. And uh, I get the privilege of sharing a little bit of what it's all about. And yeah, we celebrate every Christmas every year, but it's so important that we get together and we, we remember what this is all about, what the story is all about, and what I want to talk about today. And what scripture tells us is that this moment in the manger was the fulfillment of a promise, a promise of God. God is good at keeping promises. God is good at keeping promises. This is the night where we celebrate a promise fulfilled. Emmanuel, God with us, light in the darkness. This Christmas is a celebration of a promise that God kept, and a promise that's just as much for me and for you as it was for the shepherds and, and everyone else back then. God had brought light to a dark and dying world. God had brought salvation to a desperate people, just like he promised. God sent his son Jesus to live among us, to show us what God's like, who God is, and how we can know him and so if you believe in jesus tonight you are partaking in that promise you are celebrating that promise there that was lying in the manger as i was thinking about promises this week and the promise of uh, the promises that we build our lives on we have a lot of promises that we build our lives on don't we we have a lot i'm not just talking about the promise uh, that's in the manger the promise of God, but there's other promises that shape our lives uh, There's the promise of hard work That if I work hard, I can get where I want to go. I can do what I want to do and That's not a bad thing uh, In fact scripture says that if we work willing uh, to work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than people So God values hard work God wants us to work hard for him. But we can take that aim and we can make it about us. We can make it about our, our glory, our fame, our success, our name. There's another promise that we could live for is the promise of personal freedom and, and expression. The promise of self-fulfillment. That I can do what i want to do i can be the captain of of my own ship and the the promise lying in there the manger in the manger is the promise of a newborn king that this jesus is not just going to be a king of a country but he's going to be a king of hearts a king of our hearts he's going to going to rule and change our our, the very fabric of our lives and so he would be our fulfillment We wouldn't need to seek for self fulfillment because Jesus himself would be our fulfillment. And even the shepherds and the rich wise men bowed before the newborn king, before the promise of a king. And so we too can bow like the shepherds and the wise men. Or maybe we don't even realize the promise that's there. Maybe we're like the innkeeper in the story, if you remember the innkeeper. He didn't know that Mary was carrying the newborn king. And he was distracted with all everything else that was coming in around him. And he said, well, go, go take, go, you can have the manger. You can go take the animal stall. And that's where the newborn king was born, in that stall. The last promise I thought of is, is one that we all probably cherish in some way, but the promise of love and family. Is one that we live for, right? And God gives us the gift of love and family. You might be sitting with those you love tonight. You might be missing those you love tonight. And if that's you, I pray that God would just bless you this Christmas with his presence. But I remember maybe this promise more than, more than ever when I was first married, when Bonnie and I were first married, Um, I I worked at a job I didn't like at that point anybody have a job they didn't like All right. I didn't like this job. So I wasn't really living for the job What I was living for was coming home to my beautiful bride and uh, we didn't have kids So we could go out on dates and fun stuff like that. It was wonderful right and now 17 years later, we got three awesome kids and uh, and life changes um, and I love my family, but I also know that even family is temporary. Even family is temporary. So there's something in us that longs for a deeper hope, a deeper hope. And even the hope of seeing those we love again. Enter the promise of Christmas. The promise of Christmas, the promise of God with us. Jesus, born in a manger. This December at CTK Blaine, we've been looking at Mary's song in Scripture called the Magnificat. We've been looking at uh, this song she sang in celebration of the promise. Before anybody else was celebrating, Mary was celebrating because God had revealed to her uh, what was happening. And so she was celebrating in, in this song in Luke 1 called the Magnificat. And she was celebrating this promise that was a promise fulfilled. That God had not forgotten his people. That, that God had something wonderful for his people that they had been waiting for for a long time. And the beautiful thing about this promise is it still matters just as much 2,000 years later as it did for the people back then. Jesus, if you, if you, know, this, if, if you know the names of Jesus, he has many different names. Emmanuel, God with us. Yeshua means God saves Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. The Messiah means the promised one of God. There's a lot of promise just in the person of Jesus in all these different ways. And I hope that you're celebrating that promise tonight. I hope you're celebrating that we have a King of Kings. We have a Prince of Peace that brings peace and joy to our hearts. That we have a Lord of Lords, one who can show us the way show us the way to live show us the way to god and mary was celebrating this promise fulfilled before the rest of the world she was celebrating before the birth because god had chosen her to bear jesus miraculously as a virgin and sure that would complicate everything that would complicate her life Uh, She stayed with her friend Elizabeth for three months, who had also had a miraculous pregnancy. Uh, She celebrated for three months before she had to go back to reality. Even her fiancé Joseph wouldn't believe until God spoke directly to him. But Mary is simply celebrating the promise of God fulfilled in these verses. And that's why it makes this so powerful, is that Mary is stepping outside of her own story and seeing the promise of God Fulfilled and trusting in that promise, so we're going to read the end of the story, the end of the song tonight. This is Luke one fifty three through fifty five. Mary says, "He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped us, be merciful, to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors." So what you need to know is that when Mary sings this song, she sings about the character of God that does not change. Last week, we looked at how God lifts up the humble and and opposes the proud. And here we see this difference between filling the hungry and sending the rich away. Now, when we look at that at first glance might get a little edgy what does that mean just sending the rich away does that mean that God is checking our bank account does that mean that's how God's basing his decisions well I don't I don't think so I think it means much more than that it's much more about the heart because we see Jesus call both wealthy tax collectors and working class fishermen to himself as his disciples so I think it means something a little more than that. And, and my thought is this. What if being hungry and being rich are postures of the heart? What if that's what God is speaking to? And I think there's a word here that's, that's uh, missing, and it's the idea of satisfaction. What satisfies you? Are you hungry for the promise of God, or are you seeking satisfaction in other ways? If you are rich in heart, you might not be looking for the satisfaction that only God can bring. So, what if God is looking for a deep hunger for himself, a deep hunger for us to know God and to know who we are through relationship with God? This baby Jesus would grow up, and he would lead a small band of disciples. And when he taught this band of disciples, he would say this in Matthew 5. He'd say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And righteousness is kind of a churchy word, but it means right living. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for right living, living the right way according to God. And what he wants. And Jesus would come as a light to, into a dark world to show us how to live, to show us how to be the people that God always intended us for us to be, for God to rule on our hearts and show us how to live. And there is a hunger to know God and to live according to God that goes deeper than physical hunger. It's a hunger of the soul to know God. And be known by God to love God and be loved by God to live a life where there isn't anything between you and your maker. My grandpa came to know the Lord in his 80s. My grandpa lived a pretty rough life. He kind of did what he wanted to do. Um, Left my grandma when my dad was in high school drank a lot, kind of just did whatever he wanted to do. But when he was reaching the end of his life, he picked up this book by a guy named Billy Graham. You may have heard of him. Um, Billy Graham was called Peace with God. And he started reading Peace with God. And he realized all these years, there was something that he was missing. There was actually something that was between him and God, that he didn't have peace with God. And so... Reading this book brought him to a point where he got right with God, where he made Jesus his Savior and Lord, where he chose that, even in his 80s. And I'm so glad he did. Because in this little baby, for my grandpa, for e- anyone else, there is the promise of righteousness. We can't live rightly on our own, we need a king of hearts. We need a king of our hearts to show us how to live. And, and not only that, but to give us grace. The gift of Jesus is the gift of grace on our lives. His righteousness is as far exceeds ours, and we get to claim His righteousness as His disciples. We can't live according to God's standards on our own. We need a Savior, and that's what Jesus was. That's the promise of God. And if you read the Old Testament, you'll see they failed again and again and again to try to live live the standards that God had set. They needed a Savior. And I don't know if that's what you think of when you think of the promise of the manger. I don't know if that's why you came tonight. But you need to know that's the promise that's there. It's the promise of living rightly without anything between you and God. Living in right relationship with God, a God who loves you. And a God who would descend from heaven to earth to be with you. To be with you and to show you who he is. So, the clear problem on the side of the rich is not that they have material wealth. It's that they've found their satisfaction in something other than Jesus. So Jesus calls all of us more than anything else, more than any other promise, to find our life in Him. And the world can deceive us. It can tell us that life is all about work or life is all about self expression. Life is all about uh, family, which it, all are gifts of God, all are gifts of God, but it's not the ultimate. Jesus is the ultimate promise, the ultimate connection, who fulfills all of our lives. Our souls cry out for righteousness. They're hungry for peace with God. And in the manger, in Jesus, we have it. We have it. The truth is, God wants to be the one that satisfies our hearts, satisfies our longings. He can take our questions. He can take our fears. He can take our wrestling. But he, the answer to our wrestling is found in a relationship with Jesus, made possible by Jesus coming as a baby and and, and growing up and showing us how to live and that's what Mary saw that's what Mary saw she says he has helped his servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever just as he promised our ancestors so here Mary looks back she looks back to the promise that God gave his people to rescue them to put a king on the throne of David that would last forever. To, to bless them forever. And it happens through Jesus. Uh, Israel, was God, they were God's people. They were the ones that God, that God gave the promise to that salvation came through. They carried the torch of salvation waiting leading up to this moment. And if you read the Old Testament, you see that there's a lot of frustration between people and the Old Testament and God, and and the reason is really complicated. It's because they're people. (laughs) It's because they're people. They're like us. We want one thing one minute, and another thing another minute. We chase God at one point, we run from Him the next point. They're people a lot like us. It's a lot like our relationship with God. And the beauty of our relationship with Jesus is that there is grace there as we wrestle and, and patience as we seek Christ, seek him to know God. So to imperfect people, people that didn't even, weren't looking for him, weren't expecting him, didn't have banners in the streets saying, welcome Jesus, king of kings. There were no banners in Bethlehem. God snuck in the back door. In, in was born, Jesus was born in a manger. Born in a manger. No one was ready, no one had ma- made room, but God sent him anyway. Why? Why would God do that? There's a verse that you may know, John three sixteen. That's a pretty popular one. But it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The reason is love. Amazing love. God did not want to, to live without you. God wanted you. God wanted to be with you. God wants a restored relationship with you. And he sends Jesus into the world. Because he loves us. Because he loves us. He loves you, and he loves me. He is the best father around. And he loves us with a deep fatherly love. He loves us deeply. And so he gave us his son. He gave us Jesus to show us the way to be a light into a dark place. God loves us that much. And so tonight is an opportunity and a reminder. Do you want the promise of God? Do you want the promise that's lying in the manger? Is that what you've been waiting for? Maybe you've never been ready for it. Maybe you've never understood it. Maybe you've been leery of it for whatever reason. (coughs) But you need to know that that promise is there, whether you're young or you're old. That promise is there. 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it we're still praising the name of Jesus. And for kids, this might be the first time you've heard about it. And that promise is for you too, for you too. Now, you may be waiting to get through this to get home and get some gifts tomorrow or tonight. My parents always let us open one gift on Christmas Eve, but you need to know the best gift you can possibly have that won't go out of season or style is the gift of Jesus being connected to God in a right relas- relationship. So the, the good news is that promise hasn't changed. You can believe it tonight. You can accept it tonight. You can receive it tonight. And, it, and find the fulfillment of God. Find the fulfillment of God. It's so beautiful when we get to know who God is because when we get to know who God is, we get to know who we really are. What, we, what we're, we were created to be, created to be his. And so my hope is that we, we, uh, we get to experience that with our whole heart. That's a promise in the manger. So as I wrap up, let me ask you, are you hungry for that promise? There's a lot of promises you can live for. There's a lot of promises that we do live for, but are, are you hungry for that promise? The promise of a restored relationship with God that doesn't fade. That an inheritance that's imperishable, the Bible says, waiting in heaven for you. Are you hungry for that promise? The, the promise of forgiveness. Some of us have shame in our lives. Some of us have things we've struggled with for a long, a long time. And the promise that's in the manger is the promise of true forgiveness. Of a clean slate. Of a new start. Of new life promise of God is a promise of new life. Instead of trying to squeeze whatever life we have out of the earth, we can find new life, a spiritual life in Christ that does satisfy us. That we can wrestle with some of the deepest questions of our soul with God. So my simple message to you tonight is just to believe in the promise of Jesus and be satisfied. Find your satisfaction in the promise of God tonight. Let's pray. Lord, your promise is so great. It's unfathomable that you would send your son to earth to become a baby and live among us. And we've been telling the story for years and for years and for years, but it's no less powerful. It's no less beautiful, and it's no less of a reminder of your love, that your love crosses every barrier to get to us. There is no barrier that we can construct that you cannot cross over. So, Lord, I pray that if there is a barrier that we've set up or that is in the way, Lord, that you would take it down, that you would help us to see you, help us to know you. God, help us to walk with you. And, Lord, we thank you for the promise of Christmas. We thank you for the promise of Jesus. And, Lord, we choose to believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to continue in worship tonight. And, uh, and I just want to say, if, if you don't have a church family, if you don't have a church that's walking with you, uh, people you can talk to about God, we are here. Uh, we would love for you to connect here. We usually meet Sundays at 10, but just know this is a community that, that that isn't just trying to be friendly. Like, we are trying to walk with people uh, in relationship with Christ. And so we would love it uh, if you would join us. Uh, but let's stand and continue in worship tonight. <laughs>